It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder are trying to win, and that was established at practice today. Plus, we're going to grade your fake trades and Chet Holmgren wins Rookie of the Month. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel, we're diving into your fake trades. What did you cook up? We're going to grade them on today's show. Plus, Chet Holmgren is named Rookie of the Month, and there was some interesting comments at practice today that I think you should hear and know about. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets for winning a $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The Moneyline is just who you think will win. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So there's a ton to get to. Uh, we're going to order the show with your fake trades right off the top because this show is, is going to be about you. But then we're going to reel you back in with what was said at practice today, why it's so interesting, and why the Thunder are trying to win. Plus, Chet Holmgren wins Rookie of the Month uh, over Victor Wimbanyama. So let's start the fake trade conversation with a few disclaimers because I can already see after you see the thumbnail, you see the title, you, you, you've heard me teasing the fake trades. I can already see some of you type, 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 typing in the comments. Oh, no trades. No trades. This is stupid. Okay. First of all, you do a daily podcast. So uh, going to have to, frankly, pull back the curtain and come up with topics where I can involve you in the show and we can get a show done together whenever you're filling out a weekly show when the Thunder are only playing once every five days, it feels like, uh, with this stretch of the schedule. So that's number one. Number two, I, I don't think the Thunder will make any dramatic, earth-shattering trades this deadline. Even as the Thunder are trying to win, which we'll talk about coming up, I still don't believe that there'll be anything monumental that happens between now and February. Now, I think this season is about finding out exactly what the Thunder have, who these players are, who will rise and who will fall in the postseason. And then this summer, I am more than willing to have a deeper conversation about those other factors, what needs to be done, uh, where the roster goes from here, uh, because, you know, everyone is very young on this team and, the, and you are trying to grow, but you're also trying to capitalize on this opportunity. And that opportunity is a lot of these really good rotational players 
are making peanuts. And this is what contending teams strive for. They strive for the back end of their roster, you know, the, the, their rotational pieces, making little to nothing, Isaiah Joe, Wiggins, Kenrich, and their stars still only ones on a max contract deal with, with SGA. Of course, you haven't paid everyone yet. You have Chet, you have J-Dub on their rookie scale deals. Like this is a really great window. So in the summertime, there's going to be a completely different conversation. But in the here and now, I don't believe there's going to be anything that's just crazy. However, a lot of you do. So let's go through some trades uh, that you guys have picked out on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, and let's grade them. Some of you, very tame A+. plus. Others, F minus, even in 2K. Let's get into it. Sublime says, Mitchell Robinson to OKC for Davis Bertans and a first-round pick. I absolutely would do this. Now, look. First factor would be you've got to go through the vetting process of like, would Mitchell Robinson, like, would he be okay with such a stark minute reduction? Would he be okay, you know, not, not being a starting center anymore? But in a perfect world, like if, if this was just, hey, you've convinced the the Knicks to, hey, we're going to give you a first round pick. So that adds to the, the kind of asset compilation that the Knicks have to try to go for uh, that big fish. So going to give you that there. And then on top of that, you get Dallas Bertans, who's going to be able to be moved and, and, and cut for $5.2 million this offseason. And in the meantime, you move on from Mitchell Robinson. Yes, it does take a toll, but you move on from his $14 million uh, for the next two years. OKC can afford that luxury. So I absolutely would do this trade for Mitchell Robinson. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson would want to do uh, a whole minute reduction, role reduction uh, type of scenario. But in an idealistic world, where you can have Mitchell Robinson be this super duper version of Nerlens Noel was whenever he was the bench center, like that would be amazing for Oklahoma City, even at that price tag, which the Thunder again can afford because of some other factors with their with their salary sheet. So I really like this 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 fake trade. I really do. Now we can talk about how realistic it would be or not be, but I really like this fake trade uh, from from that standpoint. We have to go no further before we start talking about Laurie Marketing and. Pretty much everyone gave their Laurie Marketing fake trades. And all of them, frankly, were not very great. Uh, but but we're not going to go through every individual Laurie Marketing trade. We're going to put all encompassing Laurie Marketing thoughts right here. And we're going to use this example for the trade. So one person put a screenshot of the trade machine and had Josh Giddy, Alexei Pokoshevsky, Trey Mann, three first round picks, two seconds for Laurie Marketing and Chris Dunn. Number one, first and foremost about Laurie, Laurie Marketing. I am not so certain that the Utah Jazz are just chomping at the bit to get rid of Laurie Marketing. I'm not so sure that they're looking to trade him at all. So you've got to have that aspect of all this first. Number two, in a perfect world, the skill set that Laurie Marketing has would work very, very well in Oklahoma City. However, it's not a perfect world. Things happen, right? We've seen Laurie Marketing. In a reduced role, we've seen Laurie Marketing not get these caliber of touches. We've seen Laurie Marketing try to fit in with a team, and it did not go great. And so you've got to ask yourself, would you rather have Laurie Marketing taking these shots than SGA? That's an obvious no. Would you rather have Laurie Marketing take these shots than Chet Holmgren? I would say no. Would you rather have Laurie Marketing take these shots than J-Dub? I would still say no. I'd rather you know build with those three guys versus shoehorning in a Laurie Marketing. So him in a reduced role has not worked. I don't think that he would love to accept another reduced role. I think he'd prefer uh, to even stay in Utah and not win as many games right in the mean, you know, in the meantime, in the interim. But later on, 
be the guy on that team once Danny Ainge has his kind of vision come to fruition. So I'm not so sure that Laurie Marketing is this great get for the Thunder that a lot of Thunder fans do. Because again, if you just lay out a skill set on paper, I see the appeal. I love the appeal of Laurie Marketing on paper, but it's got to go into practice. They're not playing this on paper. They're playing this in reality. And Laurie Marketing in reality has not shown he can be that third option on a team. And so, you know, I, I get it. It is a very appealing player. I just don't think that it really lines up necessarily. And the bottom line is that a lot of Thunder fans, you know, don't want to admit you've got to give to get. Lori Markman is an all-star. Danny Ainge is not going to be fleeced in a trade. Danny Ainge does the fleecing. He's a lot like Sam Presti in that regard. And so while this trade package has a lot of stuff in it, like, yeah, three picks are nice. The bottom line is, and this is no offense to the players personally, but the bottom line is Josh Giddy is the only somewhat appealing prospect in this package because you can talk yourself into him on his own team, getting to play, make on the ball more, uh, getting to be a true point guard more that he'll, he'll kind of revolutionize how he plays. But other than that, no offense to Poku and Trey Mann, you have hope in one hand and you know what in the other, like it's you know, the, the, the odds of them popping are the equivalent to some of those Shea packages that, that this fan base was up in arms about with pitchforks and fire uh, a season ago. Like, yes, Trey Mann can absolutely have a career in this NBA. I firmly believe that Trey Mann's skill set uh, on a guard-needy team that would actually play him and, and could let him um, you know, thrive offensively, I think that he has improved over the summer. I think that you see that every time he gets minutes in this season, albeit in garbage time, you see him as a better player. Yes, that is all true. That does not get you an all-star, though. Pokashevsky has a better chance of being out of the league next year than he does being in a rotation. And now, are their careers over? No. Could a change of scenery help them greatly? Yes, it could help them greatly. But do they net you an all-star? No, they don't. They don't net you an all-star. I'm sorry, but you are you are now becoming, right, the toxic trade machine that you were just condemning two years ago. So a lot of these lawyer marketing packages, on top of, you know, the whole idea that maybe he won't want to be a reduced role player, but a lot of these packages are packages that would have made you furious. The equivalent of them would have made you furious from other teams two years ago about your, you know, superstar during a rebuild, about your all-star during a rebuild. So that's kind of where I'm at on Laurie Marketing. I love the idea on paper. I don't see it working out in actuality. Coming up, though, there are some trades I really, really like, but we had to go into Laurie Marketing on this one. But first, I want to say right now, what are good friends over at Jace Medical. Folks, Jace Medical. They have it for you to make sure that you are, you know, prepared and you are, uh, you know, taken care of and, and, and that you have uh, what you need and, and you're not caught off guard because, you know, you, you just want to be prepared uh, with everything that you are doing uh, and everything in life in general. So with Jace Medical, they have these five life-saving antibiotics for you uh, that can really help you out uh, in, in a pinch and in a time of need. Uh, you can go there to Jace Medical and find out all the information that you need to know uh, uh, about these uh, about these uh, five life-saving antibiotics. And, and so, you know, it, it, it is uh, getting to the point where you're going to want to uh, be uh, prepared because it's, you know, sicknesses are going around. I was sick last week. You want to be prepared and everything. 
so with Jace uh, Medical, they continue the Jace case with five life-saving antibiotics for you. Uh, JaceMedical.com, you can uh, go there and have uh, you know your complete uh, you know physician encounter. It's all there for you. It's reviewed by board-certified physicians, and, and your medications will be, dis- will be dispensed and, and dispersed to you by a licensed pharmacy uh, at a fraction of the regular cost. So they have it all for you with the consults and the care for you um, at Jace Medical. So go there right now to jacemedical.com. Use our code LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off your first order. That's LOCKEDONMBA for $20 off your first order at jacemedical.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your team's Every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, Ben Glover has one of my favorite fake trades. Kelly Olenek for Dallas Bertans and a first-round pick. I, I think you might be able to get this done for two second-round picks, but I understand the the appraisal of a first-round pick, you know, just to kind of throw it on there for Utah. Uh, for Utah, you, you can move on from Dallas Bertans for $5 million, and, and of course, you, you gain the first-round pick for Kelly Olenek. Uh, I really like this because this is like – the benefit of compiling all these picks is that you can go out there and sure, you know, you can call a first round pick over spinning. You can even call a couple seconds over spinning for Kelly Olenek, but with what he can bring you as a backseat role player, uh, as a player who you can just seamlessly throw into uh, situations and rotations and matchups that you need, uh, you know, a rebounding guy like Olenek and a, and a player like Olenek uh, is great. And you, and you saw him play off of Shea in FIBA. That was a lot of fun too. Uh, this is one of the other worst ones. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, well, literally, sorry, Charlie, Charlie, uh, Gaddy, Lou Dort and Poku for Draymond Green. Woof. I, I don't think Draymond Green's contract ages well at all. I think Dort's contract ages really well, uh, especially as the, as the cap continues to go up and up and up. And the bottom line is I, uh, Draymond Green, I respect him as a player. I'm not someone who, who discounts Draymond Green. I know that there's a lot of, of course, Draymond Green hate and, uh, he invokes a lot of emotion, let's say, in a lot of fan bases, and especially this one. I think German Green's a really good player. I just don't think that the Thunder and their style of play uh, kind of incentives, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accentuates, boosts up Draymond Green. I don't think that they play the correct style to kind of maximize what Draymond Green can do. Uh, so he's more so fit for the Warrior style, of course. That's where he's made his butter and bread and uh, had, had, a, had a great career. I, I just don't see this working out at all. I think that this is just making a trade for a quote-unquote bigger, tougher, bigger body for the sake of doing it and not so looking at like how they actually work and how it actually uh, interchanges. Uh, one of my other favorites from Ray, Pokashevsky and two seconds for Andre Drummond. And I know what you're thinking, like, well, Andre Drummond, what the heck? Look, this trade is why you can pile a billion second-round picks for the luxury of Trading for Andre Drummond, trading for Andre Drummond to play him exclusively against certain matchups, to to DNPCD him for a lot of games. But whenever you need a, a bruiser like him, he can play those five, 10, 12 minutes. Uh, you know the same type of role he's playing in Chicago, uh, but, but play it for a contender. Uh, you know, and, and and for Poku, like yeah, I mean you're getting to a point where 
The Thunder typically don't let guys hit restricted free agency. He hasn't been playing at all this season. He'll likely go the way of Darius Baisley last trade deadline for Poku this trade deadline. So you, you throw Poku in, Bulls can have fun with him. Billy Donovan can have fun with him for the last you know few, whatever, however, whenever the trade would hypothetically go down for the last few whatever games of the season, see if they like him, kind of test test the waters there. He gets a change of scenery immediately this season. Um, and then Roger Drummond, yeah, like, like he's not going to be part of your starting rotation. He's not going to be part of your daily rotation, in my opinion, if you were to make this trade. But he would be the luxury necessary to kind of tie everything together. It's a lot like the Celtics trading for Muscala. Now, that was a little bit different because, of course, they, they played Muscala a lot more uh, and, and they had some injuries. But uh, you know, it was a luxury to just throw a couple of second-round picks at, at OKC and get Muscala back as a guy who uh, started a few games for them and, 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 of course, brings you that that floor-spacing uh, shooting. So, like... I am on board with this hypothetical trade because I, I don't think you give anything up in this one. I think you give up basically, you know, you give up Poku who you who are already going to for, for and slip player. You have Poku who, you know, the writing on the wall is that you're already going to uh, likely move on from him this off season. And a couple second round picks that are, we've seen how easy it is to acquire second round picks, right? We've seen how easy it is for the Thunder to regain second round picks that they ship out for the sake of having Andre Drummond, who, if nothing else, just sits, sits on the bench and, pro, and provides you a change of pace that you don't, already have. And, and I recall back to uh, the Mavericks Clippers series uh, back whenever Carlisle was the coach, you know, Boban is the, is the most gimmicky player of all. He played playoff minutes for Dallas to kind of mess the game up for a, for a, a little, little curveball, mess the game up for like junk the game for like five minutes uh, against the Clippers and it worked. So whenever you can give these coaches more curveballs, give them a curveball, a slider, a two seam and a fastball, then all of a sudden, they have a Cy Young performance in the postseason. So, you know, I, I get it. Face value, Andre Drummond, Wash, whatever. You make fun of them. But in practice, good move. Good move. I really like that, right? Good job, Ray. Uh, a couple suggestions for Nikola Vucevic. I, I, I cannot express how far away I would stay from Nikola Vucevic. I would implore you. I would beg you. I would plead and bargain with you to go listen to Lockdown Bulls. If you believe that Nikola Vucevic would be a good fit in Oklahoma City, I would pay you money, not literally, just so everyone's aware. I don't have that kind of coin. I would pay you money to go listen to Lockdown Bulls and hear the way they talk about Vucevic. Because I got to tell you, in our weekly calls, it bleeds into NBA talk and even on there. What they say about Vucevic is enough to make me not want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Folks, I'm out. I'm out on Vucevic. Never Vucevic. No Vuces, no Viches. Put them together, no Vuceviches. That didn't make any sense at all. I'm kind of rolling here. Anyway, we're going to talk more about this Thunder team and the fact that they are trying to win and Chet Holmgren winning Rookie of the Month for the Thunder. But at practice today, there were some interesting things said. Let's start with J-Dub. J-Dub uh, was discussing that big win against Dallas. Obviously, you can relive it with our recap podcast that we posted over the weekend. But J-Dub was talking about that 30-0 run, and he stressed the importance of, like, the Thunder just didn't panic. They didn't panic. They, they looked at that, and instead of looking at it from the lens of, whoa, we just left a historic 30-0 run. What just happened? They looked at it through the lens of, we're down six points. Down six points late. To be able to, as such a young team, flush that out of your system 
and go all in on the final 40-something seconds, down six, and win the game. It just shows you that the Thunder are in a much better position to win and win earlier than a lot of people think. So he said, quote, surprisingly, there was no panic and that the messaging from the team was just stay together, stick together. Kendrick Williams, he said, was huge and harping on that. And they did a good job of focus on just simply being down six, not, not the 30-0 run. That is a huge sign of maturity. And then he was asked about the team's success on the road. Another abnormality for a young team is winning on the road. And he touched on the fact that the biggest messaging for this team is being ready to go and starting fast on the road because it's hard enough to win on the road in general. You just saw a 26-point lead evacuate by an avalanche in the AAC from Dallas. Like, it's hard enough to win on the road in general. But when you get off to a slow start, it is it is appreciably way harder after you do that. So getting off to the fast start is uh, kind of how you went on the road and they already are taking that and, you know, not trying to, to like implement it. It's been implemented. Like they, they are doing it and they've won some impressive games on the road in impressive environments against impressive teams. So I am really encouraged by the attitude that you see from the standard team. And it, it transcends even to their head coach. And what Mark said today at practice should be something that you send to a lot of uh, Thunder fans whenever you start to see some oddball conversations happening uh, among Thunder fans on all the, the social platforms. But first, what's here right now? Pretty good friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel is great. Go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with the winning of any $5 Moneyline bet. So you get $150 if your team wins. The Moneyline bet is literally just who you think will win. So you can go there. You can place $5 on the largest favorite on the board. And if they do come through, you get $150 in bonus bets on top of whatever you want. So you can go there right now uh, to, to FanDuel. FanDuel also has spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go to FanDuel.com slash on to get started today. Uh, as the NFL season is in full swing, you still have college bowl season happening right now in the college football playoffs very controversial uh, happening coming up. You have the NBA in-season tournament today. Uh, and of course, the regular season continuing this week. NHL, uh, they have it all for you. College basketball, getting into conference play. Uh, you can do it all at fanduelcom slash locked on. You can even go to the NBA tab and like right now, tonight on the road, Celtics favorites on the road by five and a half points against the Pacers. So check that out at fanduelcom slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, the Oklahoma City Thunder had practice today. We talked about what Jadab said. What Mark said was even more interesting. So Mark was asked multiple times about like being a young team and the narratives around being a young team and how they're different from other young teams. And Mark said this quote, quote, there are things 
that separate us from the narrative of young teams. A lot of narratives that are built around young teams can be applied to old teams, end quote. He's, he went on to say that, uh, quote, we are more focused on trying to be a good team rather than a good young team, end quote. And I think that that quote can be used as a bookmark staple for the Thunder conversations moving forward. Because every time the Thunder lose a game, the default crutch to that loss this season has been this naive narrative that the Thunder are not trying to win and they're being too wacky and they're not playing the right players and after every loss. There was the loss where Usman Jang played a single minute. One minute, literally. You can go look at the box score. One minute. And people reflected on that one minute as though it was the reason the Thunder lost because they were experimenting too much and uh, exploring the roster too much. The Thunder are trying to win games. The Thunder want to win every single night. Yes, they're a young team. And yes, through the course of an 82-game season, players are going to be in another rotation. Players are going to get hurt, bumps and bruises. And you're simply going to have to try players at some point. Like at some point, when you have an 11th overall pick in Usman Jang, for example, because that was one that cut fans hot and bothered, when you have an 11th overall pick Usman Jang, you're going to have to throw him into the fray sometimes. It's how you react to, to him is the, is the difference here. And Mark swiftly reacted in playing him a single minute. It was clear in that minute he doesn't have it. Instead of letting him go out there and continue to not have it that night, which would have happened in the past, he only played 60 seconds. The Thunder still lost that game, but it was not because of those 60 seconds. It just frankly wasn't. So that was unfair on everyone's part to place that on Mark or on Usman Jang in that loss to Minnesota. So like, the, and that's just an isolated example because it's like the most prevalent one. But, but you oftentimes see, why aren't the Thunder trying to win? Why aren't they going for it? Why aren't they maximizing their championship window? They're, they're top five in, in both uh, offensive defense rating. This is, the, this is the title window. Why aren't, they, why aren't they going for it? Why aren't they doing something about this? What's going on, right? So, hey, folks, they're trying to win. Now, they're not going to win every game. They're clearly not going to go 82-0. They've already lost six times. But they are trying to win. I can't promise you that they're going to go far in the playoffs or win a championship or anything like that, but they're trying to win. And this team, like if your version of trying to win is only trading six first round picks for a superstar, then you're going to be sorely disappointed 99.999% of seasons for 99.999% of teams. And furthermore, this team, you know, you can call it a homer take if you want to. I don't believe it is the furthest thing from, from even Homer, but when you look at this team, they likely don't need a superstar. They likely don't need you to go. Their version of going all in is likely not a player to take 15 shots a game and uh, and be a star player. The version of them going all in is solidifying the fifth star, is getting uh, a high-level uh, role player, another high-level role player. Like That's going to be their version of going all in. Just because they have all these assets doesn't mean they're going to blow it. You can use the draft picks again, like currency, which is my favorite analogy to do. And we can have a totally different geopolitical discussion, but how many rich people do you see just throwing away money willy nilly for fun in the, in the, in the broader sense, of course, that was a, that was a, again, touchy example, but in the broader sense, when they run their business, let's not talk about their personal life, their businesses, they're not just out here 
throwing away money. And so the Thunder are trying to win. They're trying to maximize this team both now and for the future. The version of maximizing it right now does not look like a 2K franchise where from the word go, you're hopping in the trade finder, you're scrolling to every superstar in the league. Hey, look, I play 2K too, folks. And you're clicking on them, hitting find a trade, and you're seeing which one uh, you know works out and is the best, right? That's not how this is going to work uh, in real life. And that's not how it works for uh, any team in the, in the association in, in real life. Uh, and then Mark also talked about how uh, the Thunder, you know, he was asked about how they have such a strong bench unit. And he kind of cut that off and said, the Thunder stagger their starters so much that it's hard to separate bench from starters. But the guys who do get subbed in, and don't necessarily start the game, of course. The guys who do get subbed in, they do a really good job of continuing to uh, either either continuing the strong start or flipping the script if it's a slow start and, and providing energy and turning the game on its head. And that's a that's a great assumption. That's a great assessment of this Thunder team is their ability to stagger their guys a lot, and the guys who come in are always ready to go. And that and that is a hard thing to do. I don't care uh, how experienced a player is. I don't care, you know, how experienced a team is. It's hard night in and night out to do what these players are doing uh, off the bench for the Thunder of just always, always, always being ready to play. And so through 20 games, you know, through 19 games, 20 games on, the, on Wednesday, uh, it, you, you cannot be more excited for the future of this Thunder team, and, and you could not have dreamed up a, a more perfect start for OKC. That perfect start also includes Chet Holmgren taking home the Rookie of the Month award. So this month... Chet averaged 17 points, eight boards, two assists, two blocks, and a steal. He shot 53, 39, 86 in 30 minutes of uh, gameplay uh, per game, impacting winning in a huge way. Uh, Victor, of course, the uh, the other uh, you know unicorn big man, generational big man that people will, will compare Chet to for the rest of his career, uh, and especially as they get tied together in the same rookie season. He had a really good month. I mean, 19 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two blocks, a steal, uh, 40, 27, 83. I, I'm sorry, yeah, 83. Poor shooting splits, of course, for him. Uh, 30 minutes a game on a bad team, losing team. And, and, and to his credit, he's playing really well, and, and the Spurs, for some reason, are just hell-bent on not playing a point guard with them. I, 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 I get all the qualifiers for Victor, but Chet has not only been individually amazing, he's helped his team win in a big way. Uh, so him winning Rookie of the Month feels great for him, I'm sure, and it feels like the right decision, You know, just from a... Just from a uh, observation standpoint, and I got to give credit to the voters. I I was wrong on the sense of, you know, I thought Chet was going to have a really good rookie year. I thought Chet was going to have, um, you know, a stellar rookie season. But I never thought, and I said that on this podcast, it's not unlocked an NBA. I never really thought that he would have the opportunity to win rookie of the year. You know, and I know that he hasn't done that yet. But the fact that the voters are willing to uh, vote him rookie of the month, and and even the Hoop Collective today talked about how all three of them, you know, bomb temps. Winhorst, McMahon, all guys who, who can vote in these awards. You know, even they talked about how Chet is the uh, favorite for rookie of the year right now. You know, I got to give the voters credit. I didn't give them enough credit in the offseason. I thought that like, hey, this is a this is a guy in Victor who they've hyped up and uh, have tagged him as the best player, best prospect since LeBron James. There's no way that they're not going to let him win rookie of the year if he just rolls out of bed and plays somewhat good. He's played more than somewhat good. He's played really well for the Spurs, especially considering his environment. Chet's just been incredible in his own right. And so like the voters, to their credit, uh, have been more than fair in this race. And so I I think that they deserve a kudos, especially for me, because I was very uh, jaded toward the the voting process in the offseason. And and they've done a good job of of being neutral 
uh, in general. And then like the arguments have been fair, uh, you know, about chat. Now you can find, you can find anything you want to find, right? Like there's always going to be, um, um, you know, detractors on either side, but uh, you know, in general, the national media has been pretty fair on like evaluating these two players. But yeah, Chet's been awesome. Like Chet's been a, a great uh, rim protector. I, I did a cut up last night on Synergy of all of Chet's blocks, and I even edited the plays to where you know the only thing that is in the in the video is the start of the action. And even when trimming down the plays and compiling all the blocks through 19 games, the video length of Chet's blocks five minutes and 21 seconds, which you can find on my Twitter account at Rylan underscore styles. Chet's in the 95th percentile in overall offensive possessions. He's in the 78th percentile defending the pick and roll. He's in the 95th percentile as a cutter, 81st percentile in isolation, 81st percentile as a pick and roll partner. Chet's been just sensational as a rookie. SGA was also a nominee for uh, Western Conference Player of the Month. Chet won Rookie of the Month. So two uh, kind of head nods, hat tips in these monthly awards for for the thunder so that's really cool now chet picks up right where jada left off of jada last year at this time he won the october november rookie of the month award chet does the same thing uh the thunder have had a great streak uh three straight years where they have a rookie of the month winner that's pretty cool <laughs> that's pretty cool for this young team especially uh as you start to see the fruits of the rebuild uh start to to pay off and everything uh but chet holmgren credit to him great month so far and we'll see how his how his career continues now we're gonna make tomorrow's show about you as well your mailbag questions your mailbag questions for tomorrow you can drop them on youtube drop them on twitter uh we're also going to go through the upcoming schedule for the thunder how they can navigate december which december and january going to be a pretty interesting stretch for okc we'll talk about that tomorrow as well uh and then we're going to check in for the blue tomorrow as well and then wednesday uh, hope gonna have hopefully gonna have a special guest for you. Gonna have a guest regardless, but one of them might be insanely special. So make sure you check back for that uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, of course, recapping the Rockets game. Friday, gonna preview that that important Warriors game and all the the drama heading into uh, Friday's game. And at that point, review what's been the the verdict on the first in season tournament uh, in the NBA. So a lot to get to this week. Thank you so much. For making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.